0: Hello, it's the Dave and Josh show. How are we doing today, Josh? Well, we finally started uni again online, so, well, as happy as you can be in this situation. But once you've uh, been to the gym in the morning, had a few cups of black coffee, I can tell you can be buzzing pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. Especially because the weather
1: is also pretty good this week. Um, But talking about studying online, how do you think that's going with you? Like, how are they really organizing your classes for
0: you? Well for me it's uh pretty beneficial for my kind of style of learning for the reason that I usually kind of will read the material first then I'll watch the lecture and then I'll do kind of exercises that will allow me to review that material and so far they've just kind of uploaded all the syllabus so I know exactly what readings I need to do each week. I do have to wait for the lectures but honestly if I didn't want to wait for the lectures there'll be some guy on YouTube that'll teach me how to do it with his like pen and stuff and that's how i'll probably learn and then i can always go and do the exercises that are just in the book so it kind of gives me the freedom of doing things at my own pace because i'm quite an individual learner i don't really enjoy just sitting in a classroom
1: yeah me too especially for uni you don't necessarily really need to sit in a classroom you like you mainly do it just for the experience i would say but most of the time it's self-study anyway so you could just do it well at home, anyways, uh, for me, what they have is one of the one of my courses. They have one big book, and it has all the readings, but it also has all the exercises. And the exercises are actually ingrained with, or like, work side to side with the book. So they have an example, and then using that same example, they explained, uh, whatever terms they use as for the activities and exercises you could do. So I think it's actually really beneficial. You know, I th- I find that I'm actually working faster and he actually even better than in class because i'm actually focused
0: so it's almost like the interconnectedness of the readings the activities of everything makes the learning so much easier yeah is that is that what you're
1: yeah i would say so and i guess personally for me i think the best way to learn is by yourself you know that's how you really learn obviously everyone's a bit different in that sense but um
0: do you think it's a relatability thing in a little bit? Because at least for me, is um, when I when I study, I need to find a way to link it to things that interest me, and if I can find it relatable and I can see a real life application to what I'm learning, I find it much easier to take in. Do you have a similar kind of? Yeah, you know,
1: I agree. Like when I'm reading a theory or whatever concept or just when I'm reading about something for uni I do the same where I try to link it to something that I would be interested in or something that I'm working on like the podcast or music or whatsoever because then you when you see the application not only do you actually see the importance of it and see how it's actually um, useful but it's also nice because now you've added a new strategy into your hobby which you can implement and actually hopefully your hobby uh,
0: turn uh, hopefully making your hobby turn into a job in the future. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of slightly changing topic. It just reminded me of the um, I walked to the gym this morning where you were telling me about how you um, showed your kind of learning style in the IB to one of your friends and how they kind of reacted to that. Yeah, yeah, so
1: basically the way I study, and I know a lot of people also like just procrastinate towards the end and they just do everything, Personally, I'm the type of guy that can't work under the pressure, funny enough. So instead of working late, I actually start really early, but I work less time on it. So what an average, like I'm not saying an average person, but what some people do is they leave it till the end and then they have like six hours every day to study for the exam as in where I start studying like three weeks prior to the exam, or maybe even a month, and I do three hours per day or two hours per day. Less, but it still gets me to where I am,
0: uh, to where everyone else ends up anyway. I mean, that's the one thing that I think is um, wrong, and I kind of experienced it in school as well, where I was told that there were certain ways that you should be studying. And I completely disagree with that. I hate the idea of... People projecting what works for them onto you. Like, just because something works for someone, it doesn't mean that it's gonna work for you as well. Everyone's an individual, yeah. everyone's unique, and like, you've got different kinds of learners. And so, there might be some ways of learning which fits a larger percentage of people, but it doesn't mean that it fits everyone. And I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of issues when you're younger, you think you know that you know the best way of learning something. Oh yeah, I've been at school, my grades are pretty good But you, oh, your grades are not that great You could be doing better by doing this And I completely disagree with that whole no, notion it's, uh,
1: Like you said, Like everyone's also a bit different you know. Everyone wo- thinks differently, everyone works differently So your way could work for you But it doesn't necessarily work for someone else Like my way, I actually recommended it to someone To one of my friends who's, who procrastinates a lot uh, and he said he actually found my way more stressful because he said he felt like he had to follow um, a schedule while well, he's used to just cramming fucking everything and just dealing with it with no schedule. But at least he got everything down and dusted, which I personally find fucking stressful. Like, if you're – oh, I, I can't work under
0: that kind of pressure, personally. That's interesting, though, because I, I never used a schedule either. Interesting. Like, I mean – in school, you're always told that you've got to have a, a schedule. You need to know exactly what you're doing on all these days. I mean, I used to just write some subjects on each day, but I just like biology, uh, some maths. Yeah. Uh, I never follow it though. Okay. Like that, the interesting thing is, I felt that in my head, I'd know exactly what I needed to focus on, and there would usually. I think the difficult thing with that is that you need to be able to identify your own weaknesses, and a lot of people, I think, in not even just in revision, but just in life in general people always focus on the things that they're good at. Because what they do is in revision, they'll focus on the things they're good at for the reason that then they're getting them right. And if you're getting it right, you're like, oh yeah, I'm doing great, my revision's going amazingly, when in reality, you can already do that. You need to focus on what you can't do to improve your grades instead of just kind of getting to this full sense of security that you know what you're doing in that entire subject.
1: Uh, You could even implement that with life lessons, right? Like, if someone is good at a single skill i mean yeah you can focus on that single skill and you keep on working and working and working but then you you just become this specialized expert that can only really do one thing and maybe to in, in like a tech company where you're only good at coding that's pretty beneficial but let's say in this hypothetical world that all tech somehow dies out well if your only skill is coding you're fucked you know you can't do you don't have any skills and i feel um to get back to what i'm really saying it's it's like learning uh learning uh that false sense of security that it's better to learn different skills uh instead of one particular skill that you are concentrated on i feel like traditionally we've always been taught that oh you're good at talking oh you're good at filming be a film uh, director or be a salesperson. But now we've moved on to society is that, oh, you can talk? What well, what else can you do? Show me, prove it. Because now people are becoming like almost a Swiss army knife. You know, you're not, you're not a, just a screwdriver, but you're also uh,
0: a knife. You're also a scissor, a nail clipper and so on. And forth. That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. And I think probably something that ties along with that. Have you ever watched about the, um, I think it's called The First 20 Hours? Like you can find the TED Talk. I think they also have a book. But this guy, he basically believes, because it's all about marginal gains, and within the first 20 hours of practicing anything, you can learn a lot more than you think you can learn. And that if you do something for the first 20 hours, you don't need to become a master or whatever you're trying to learn, but you could probably learn a lot more than you think. And so this guy basically emphasizes that you can learn loads and loads of different skills, because you can actually take up probably what is 50% of the main knowledge in those first 20 hours. Because as you get better and better, it's the small intricacies that you need to focus on. Mm, but the true. gains are so marginal. Like an Olympian beating their time by 30 seconds is unheard of. Yeah. But a newcomer beating their original, say, swimming time by 30 seconds, that happens quite a lot. Because it's small, small changes for them that can actually lead to big in- incremental changes in the results. And it's like the, um, what's it called? The principle, the Pareto principle, where 20% of the causes lead to 80% of the effects. And I think that kind of comes into anything and it comes into learning as well is that 20% of the things that you really focus on, there's kind of 20% of core principles that will lead to 80% of the effects. And I've been doing it a little bit, trying to do it with Dutch. If you focus on the thousand most common words, statistically speaking, you're going to cover the, the highest kind of, percentage of the language in the shortest period of time, right? I I was trying
1: to think of how that could relate to, um, like life lessons in the sense that, um, do you think that that could be applied to like what you do 20% of your time in your life will create
0: 80% of your success? You could argue, could you argue that? I think it definitely is true for some people, but I think if you focus on the correct 20%. Like, the difficulty is identifying the 20% that causes 80% of the effects, and it's a great rule to have, but finding the correct 20% is much harder than it sounds.
1: Yeah, but is there a correct one? Because I remember we had a discussion about, um, you know, uh, we were sort of comparing parents between people, and these two parents are both, I would say, very successful, but one's really strict, and one's very easygoing. And... Is there really a correct twenty percent? Because that means there are different ways to be successful. It doesn't. You don't need to have a certain trait to be successful. Like
0: it's almost about the journey itself, uh, then instead of what you actually learn. I mean, I, this might even sound like a, a quote, but I really don't mean it to. But I, I genuinely think it's the correct twenty percent for you the correct 20% for me that causes 80% of my life success might not be the same 20% that causes the 80% of success mm. in your mm. life. If, yeah, that's if better. Yeah, that no, makes no. sense. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. No, no, that, that makes a lot. More so I guess I'd say, I guess the key is to find to find your 20%. I guess so. That's the best way to learn and grow. You know, I think another way to really learn and grow is also make as many mistakes as possible. Like, actually get rejected and actually uh f- and there's a saying that you, you gotta fall on your nose a couple times to figure out how to stand still you know and i, I think oh, that's another thing that a lot of people don't do when they're trying to learn that they're not willing to fail when really failure is like probably the way to go because if you don't have any downs then who's to kn- how do you know uh, how the highs feel right it's the same with moods like if you're constantly happy are you actually happy you're only really happy when you really know what it feels like to be depressed.
0: That's true. I, I, I think there's definitely a lot of people in who are kind of scared of failing. and I, you kind of the way that I always think about it is if you look, say for instance, in the stock market or just like investing in general, most people don't like risk. Most people want to know that their money's going to be pretty safe because no one wants to experience the losses. It's only those that kind of take the risk and experience the losses a little bit, they experience the massive gains. So I I also believe though that some people can experience a load of mistakes, but they're never willing to accept and learn from those mistakes. they just kind of are naive in the fact that they think they know what they're doing, they know best, and that no one else can tell them how to live their life. Okay, great, that's your problem, but you're not going to ever improve if you're not willing to accept and listen to feedback. But the kind of feedback on the mistakes that you make, I think on those mistakes, you need to think about the context under which you make them. Because my dad always said to me, uh, he really made a, a really fair point in the, when you're listening to someone's advice, there's two things that you need to think about. One, you need to think, do I respect that person, right? And the second thing you need to um, think, do they have the knowledge? Mm. Like, it's all great. The one example I'll use is um, someone I know uh, who was at school. I remember a few people saying to them, "You know, like, why are you doing this degree, or um, what? Like, why are you going to this university?" You think this this motherfucker's never even taken. He's doing something completely different to me. He's going to a completely different uni, and is he successful? No. No, he's still kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he's still applying to university. Okay, it might be a different story if he, if it's someone who said, yeah, why are you going to university? And it's someone who's become an entrepreneur and done pretty well early on. Okay, that's someone who's got a lot of knowledge and you, you might respect the decisions they make. But I think too many people get caught up in the noise. They don't listen to the feedback of people that matter. They listen to feedback of people who aren't as knowledgeable and they just appear knowledgeable. Mm,
1: and I think also the problem is that we tend to think our friends are credible sources... Because we like them... And we grew up with them... And in a sense... you are, Because you grew up with them... You think... Oh well... They probably know as much as I do... And I know a lot... It's like an ego thing... But really... Your credibility is... Um, like you said... It's about what the person's actually done... Like... You can have a father... Who's not credible in advice... Because he just... Has done nothing... He's probably... Well let's say he's just drank a lot... And he's just fucked up... But in a sense because he's fucked up you could say he's also credible because he's learned a lot of lessons but that's besides the point what i'm saying is i think it's very important to scrutinize every piece of advice that is given to you no matter what the person is and try to think if it really makes sense because warren buffett can still give you advice but i think no matter what you should still scrutinize it and really think about it and see if it makes sense or not yeah, it's got to make sense for you yeah, for you, and somehow, if you can, if you can't even apply it to your own life, then that is that advice even good to you?
0: I think when it comes to learning anything, the trick is, and I think this is the case whether it be for kind of sports, for languages, for, and you might disagree with this, uh, with money, whatever it may be. There's always kind of a rule if you surround yourself with five people that are better than you at that thing you'll likely be the 6th to become that good. So like if you surround yourself with 5 millionaires, you'll probably be the 6th.
1: Yeah. I I think uh, I think Warren Buffett said this that uh I think he was talking to this magazine or uh, online newsletter called Entrepreneur and they asked him uh, what is what is the best quality that an entrepreneur could have. And uh, he said an entrepreneur doesn't have to be smart. They just have to accept that they're probably not as smart as other people, but they hire the people that are smarter than them. And <laughs> like, it, like, it sort of goes the same with the, what you just said about like the five people that you surround yourself with, you know?
0: Mm, I definitely agree. And obviously, we've transitioned more into the life lessons of learning. And we kind of started around talking about uni and school. And I think that's because we're getting close to the end of this podcast. Well, we should finish it up. I think in, in union school, everyone's going to have their own method of learning. And don't get me wrong, I think the same's true in life, but there's just some methods of learning that will be more applicable to more people. Like a lot of people benefit from um, teaching other people. You teach someone else, it means that you completely will understand that subject, usually. Yeah. But maybe not for everyone. They might be uncomfortable and make mistakes, and then they'll lose their confidence in it. A lot of people use the Pomodoro method as well. You know, the 25-minute blocks break 25 minute blocks and then every four you have a longer break and there's some people that just read like that's the thing I received a lot of criticism for the fact that I take in things by reading and people told me that I could do much better in school but I did pretty fucking well at school and I was happy with how I did so I think the biggest lesson is
1: just see what works for you yeah don't be bothered of what works for other people and what other people think works for you if it works for you, if you think it works for yourself, then it
0: works. If you think it works for yourself and the results also prove that? Yeah, then, then it works. That's the only two things you should look at. Yeah, Stop listening so. to the, the background noise in how you should learn and just do what suits you. Find your
1: 20%. On that note, uh, I think that wraps it up today. Wraps it up? If, uh, if you enjoyed, if you felt like you actually got some good advice today, please mention that in the, the comment section below. If not, we'll catch you next time. See you next time.